Welcome to the Lonely Catch-Up, it's myself, Rampant FM. Uh, today I'm joined by Moza, how are you doing mate? I'm good, how's you? Yeah, good, I'm uh, just back from shopping with my nana, that's what I do at weekends when I'm, there's no football, so... <laughs> <laughs> Living the exciting life. <laughs> exciting life. Most people when they ask on a podcast, you know, uh, are you alright, how are you doing? Yeah, it's fine. Do you, do you reckon there's ever anyone that's like, no, it's just not going great at the moment, <laughs> to, you know, the pod goes in a completely different direction? I just been awkward end to the pod when I just started, wouldn't it? Like, uh, I so we'll catch you next thing. <laughs> yeah, right. We need to talk about this. Uh, uh, and obviously, uh, Sean, how are you doing, mate? I'm good. We've had a wee bit of a break. Been busy with the the squad list. Put out a, a, a YouTube only version of the catch up. Just me talking through the squad lists. Uh, today we're going to do it sort of again, but obviously uh, probably a bit more perspective about wee bit more in depth in terms of where we think. Uh, the the teams will end up just our general feel at the moment, guys. Just happy with that? Yeah, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll do it like exactly like um, I started uh, the during the week. Obviously, we'll do it alphabetical order. Um, I'll start with Berwick Rangers. Obviously, uh, relegated from League Two. Uh, obviously, Cove Rangers uh, beat them in the the playoff. They've kept a few uh, boys. Uh, they are not loads. Uh, they've signed Kieran Jammers, who I've mentioned, obviously, rated from Kelty Hearts. Uh, you know, he was he was good at Selkirk as well. Ewan Smith, uh, SPFL experience with Brecon City. Obviously, um, Ian Little, uh, Whitehill Welfare last season. He's he's brought in Jack Wright and uh, Ali, Ali Smith. And there's uh, three boys up from the under 20s slash reserves. And uh, just today, obviously, they've announced uh, two boys from uh, the east of Scotland as well. They do have a challenging sort of bet Fred Cup, uh, Air United, Falkirk, Livingston, and Stranraer. I I don't know too much what to make of Berwick Rangers uh, in terms of their team. I mean, they have brought in, obviously, guys that we know uh, fairly well, you know, the guys like Kieran Chalmers and, and Jack Wright, where we, we kind of rate them quite highly because they're still quite young players. But uh, I see a lot of people, uh, I don't know if you guys obviously check the, the forums on um, Pie and Bovro, but there was people that were making the predictions and there are certain people that kind of rate Berwick Rangers quite high. I, I wouldn't say I'm one of them uh, from what I've seen so far. Uh, I don't know your guys' feels on Berwick Rangers. Yeah, I think it depends how they get started. A lot a lot of their season's going to be on kind of the first five, six games, I think. Because if they hit the ground running and they adjust well, then they've got every chance of competing uh, for the league. But we've seen uh, previously when new teams have come into the league, it it sometimes takes them a wee bit of time to adjust. Um, Kelty didn't really have that issue, actually, now that I think of it. But the difference with Kelty was they had a really settled squad that knew each other implicitly. Berwick have put a lot of guys together that have never played together before, so... That pre-season is going to be absolutely key for them. Um, they've still got talent in there, though. Like the likes of, likes of Daryl Healy, um, for example, who, when he was last in this league, scored goals for fun, and uh, he was wanted by all the, the kind of decent-sized clubs in it. So, it, proof will be in the pudding. It depends on how they get started, I think. But what do you think, Sean? It's going to be a big change for them dropping down for League Two into the Lowland League. It's uh, still a good calibre teams there, but. You know, it's how they handle that that step down because they've still got some really good players in there, and uh, like you say, Chris, some of the, we've seen some of the players in the Lowland League before, and you know they can play at this level quite well. But I think it's a very good point about the fact that it's going to be quite a new team. They're going to have to adapt. Um, I think they'll benefit a little bit 
I've been obviously a bit of a supporter of Ian Little and the fact that he's been with Berwick before and he's also played in the Lowland League before. I think both of those things are going to benefit the team, but yeah, time will tell. Eh? It's, uh, we've only seen um, Shire take that step down before and still a very strong team, but they didn't bounce back up as everyone probably predicted at the time. So it'll be interesting. It'll be, yeah, the first few games are going to be interesting to see how they fare. Yep, uh, absolutely. And the thing about Berwick Rangers, they have brought in players of rate. Obviously, I've mentioned Kieran Chalmers, Jack Wright, who I think well, I think myself and you, Derek, kind of rated Jack Wright as one of the best prospects at Whitehill. Yeah. I think there's still doubts there for me. Like, I think they'll be top half, but I don't think they're going to go for the title. Not with the team that I've seen so far. And there's not been any signings uh, that have had the wow factor for me in terms of, like, you know, compared to like, an East Kilbride, a Kelty, a, a Shire. Um, but you never know. I mean, I still have my doubts about Ian Little. I know you <laughs> you mentioned him there, Sean, um, and, and it's based on last season with Whitehill. I know Whitehill were kind of a struggling team. They, you know, they. Uh, but I think yeah, he's had success at Berwick Rangers before, but he knows Berwick Rangers and the club. But um, I'm, I'm basing it more on what's happened recently than than you know maybe three four seasons ago, basically. I think the other point Sean brought up there, it's a good thing to bear in mind, is that Shire still did alright when they came down, but they made up a couple of kind of eye-catching signings when initially they got relegated. Mm-hmm. But the big difference now is it's a much stronger league. Yep. Much, much stronger league than they stepped down to. So I, I agree with you, Chris. I think they'll be kind of comfortably mid-table to top half, but um, on the kind of balance of probabilities, I don't see them challenging for the title. So we'll move on to... <laughs> Bonnie Rose Athletic, uh, obviously another uh, new addition to the league, uh, promoted from East of Scotland after they were granted their SFA licence. We went into a lot of detail about it um, last season. They did lose a lot of their firepower with Aaron uh, Murrell going to Spartans and Keith Lowe going to Whitehill Welfare. But the mainstays of the squad, you know, Michael Andrews, Dean Brett, Lee Curry, Ross Gray, Lewis Swanson and uh, Kieran Magaki up front. Uh, obviously, uh, Johnny Stewart, their captain as well. Fairly decent team, I think, but again, it's probably... I don't see them going for the title, similar to Berwick. I think it'll be more... I would probably say top six. I, I could still see them you know, fighting you know, in the top six region, but um, it depends. They've kind of been quiet in terms of the transfer business. They've brought in Jamie Doherty and George Hunter, uh, both young players. George Hunter was you know, among the top uh, top scorers in, in the East of Scotland last season. My worry about Bonnie Rig is we saw a wee bit uh, last season from the games that we we covered, and and obviously we saw some some uh, Bonnie Rig as well. Uh, my big worry would be discipline with them. We did see when they were things weren't really going their way during games. Uh, they did lack a wee bit of discipline sometimes, uh, and I think that would worry me come into a stronger league where they're probably not going to perhaps win every week uh, and have the. They run their green like they did in the East of Scotland. You know, they, they were pitted against low and league opposition a few times last year and they fared relatively well. You know, they, they played against Shire in one of the Cups and it's a very different Shire team next next season that they'll be playing against, but they they managed to, to get through that game quite comfortably. Um, and the same way when they played East Cobride at the end of the season, the discipline side of things definitely crept in at the end there, but... And when you look at the Bonnie Riggs side last season, they I think they fared quite well when they did come up against Lowland League 
sides and their team hasn't changed too much. A lot of you know the names that you named there, the guys who they're at the core of that team, they're they're back for next season and if they can build a little bit on that, I think yeah, I don't don't see them winning the league, but I think they'll they'll be right up at, at yeah, like you say, top six, seven. I was impressed with Bonnie Rigg when they played BSC in the Cup last season, I must admit. Uh, Keen McGarkey especially. Um but I think I know you've said they've lost a wee bit of firepower there, Chris, but more importantly I think from the Rose kind of standpoint is they've basically kept their defence together and they barely conceded any goals last season. So that that's a brilliant kind of starting point for them moving up to a new league that they've already shown they can compete at this level with the teams of albeit in one off games. I think they're set up to have a pretty decent season. Probably dark horses, I would say, in terms of the the title race. You wouldn't expect them necessarily to be in it, but would it really be a shock if we were sitting in six months saying that they're in the mix? I don't think it would be. Um, but do you know the thing that's really hurt them is the delay with the club license? Yeah, because they've not been able to recruit as a like a proper Lowland League side till recently. So they might have well been able to pick up players that they've now missed out on by saying, "Well, we're officially." at this level of football now come and play for us rather than being stuck in limbo and I don't think it's helped but can't go back and change time it is what it is they're just delighted to be in the league now and I I confidently would see them uh, as a top half kind of slate finish this season uh, looking to build on it similar style of Kelty what they did uh, the season just gone so we'll get to uh, BSC Glasgow, a team that you're fond of, Derek. Uh, <laughs> first of all, we'll start by congratulating uh, goalkeeper Stephen Barr on his uh, on his degree. Uh, massive congratulations. Uh, Thomas Collins said it best. Uh, they've kept the boys together. The, the, you know, the mainstays. Uh, the only player they've brought in is Michael Anderson from East Kilbride, but a really decent midfielder. The thing about BSC, uh, again, I've mentioned it before, and certainly we feel the same, I think, uh, last season we saw them consolidating a lot of loan signings, uh, young players from SPFL clubs, and uh, I would imagine that would be the case again. We've said it before, obviously, Derek. Uh, BSC, one of the more streetwise, sort of physical teams. I think it's in fairness to say they're probably playing up against better players and a lot of the teams that you expect them to be. You know, the, again, East Kilbride, you know, Kelty, Shire. Uh, but certainly they're another team that are going to be up there for me uh, on paper they've still kept you know the, the, the team that finished runners up and won the Lowland League Cup and that, I think that was the main thing uh, like Thomas <laughs> Collins said to, to me but you know a couple more signings there and I think they're, they're going to be up there again BSC are unusual amongst the, the sides that finished kind of high up last season and are looking to retool in that um, it's basically kind of the same squad they've kept on which there's a lot to be said for because the continuity is going to be there and after a kind of slightly dodgy start with injuries and so on hitting, that's the group of boys that went on a phenomenal run and kept the title race interesting all the way. Um, so I think Swifty's gone about um, his business over the close season exactly as he should have done. Um, and to be fair, when you look at the names through, even though there's not been any kind of Wow additions. Michael Anderson, I think, is a very, very good midfielder. Delighted he get picked up. And BSC have shown by going that route when Declan Hughes got picked up last season, he came in and was arguably player of the season. Very, very good. But 
there's players in that team. Tamor's going to get goals. Martin Green's going to be a focal point that will give pretty much any defence at this level kind of sleepless nights. Um, you've got a really solid defence here. You've still got Ross McMillan playing on with Ross Smith. So there's strength all the way through the core of that team. And the thing that will make or break BSC's season will be the low knees that come in. There will be two or three at the very minimum, I'd expect. And the, we're kind of at the stage now where as squads get finalised higher up the, the ladder for Premiership Championship teams, you'd expect to see a couple of these under-20s guys turn up because one thing that uh, Swifty proved last year was when these guys came in, they get game time, they improve, and they go into better things. Like, Carlo Pignatello is the best example that came in on loan last season. There he's off to Stranraer now, and he's going to be considered a first-teamer. So, I says it all, really. Um, if they can get a couple of a quality loanee additions, then there's absolutely no reason why he can't challenge again. No, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, there's not much to, to add to, to that, but I think uh, you hit the nail on the head with the continuity piece, um, that's something that you know we we can talk all we want about East Kilbride and Shire and Kelty and all the the signings that they've made, but that team's still got to to gel and in a short period of time because preseason will be over in no time. Um, these guys they did well last season and BSC are a team that have got better every year since they they joined the Lowland League and you know well the next step for them is going to be you know getting right to the top. So I wouldn't write them off not at all. I think they'll be a really strong team. Yep, uh, yep, absolutely agree. Uh, Civil Service Strollers uh, kept their mainstays as well. Obviously, they, they had a few guys going out, but uh, Chris McKee uh, from East Allenshire, very, very good signing uh, at the back there. Cammy Muirhead coming back. Well, he was on loan from Gown Beef last season. He's done really well on loan uh, at Strollers last season. And uh, Jack Blakely from Vale Levin. There's not... I mean, there's, there's more to come from Civil Service in terms of signings, I would, I would suspect. But uh, for me... They've got Gary Jardin there, who's probably one of the, you know, had an incredible season last season with Civil, and he's a, we, we know how good of a manager he is. He's obviously won the league uh, with Edinburgh City. Can they sort of, you know, find the form again? Like, I mean, last season they seemed very, very plucky in terms of teams, very determined. They, they kind of were like the, the underdogs of the league, never said the attitude. They came back uh, from, from losing positions so many times. Uh, I think the... The game against Shire is a great example when they when they you know they just refused to to lose uh, when they were at the Falkirk Stadium. I was at that game and they, they won four three. But do you think they can recreate that form? I would say because the fact that the the league's getting a lot stronger, it's going to be obviously it's going to be more difficult for them to challenge. Um, they didn't have the strongest end to their season last year, and I think they'll be a bit disappointed with that. But they've they've certainly been active at the beginning of the beginning of this. Um, season and getting ready for for the year ahead they've obviously got all the work going on with their floodlights as well so you know that's a, a bit of a statement they're intending to hang around for a a while um it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough ask but do you know what it's it's if anybody can do it i think it'll be gary and this team that they're gonna you know be able to to repeat what happened last season and, and challenge and see if we can just get a wee bit of a stronger finish and grind out a couple more wins, you know, they could be right up there with anybody. Yeah, I think um, Sean's kind of hit the nail on the head, to be honest, that 
there's no reason why Gary can't have these guys set up and go really well again, but it's going to be a much harder challenge this time around to the teams that are out there. And I, I would expect him to be top half, uh, especially with the, the guys I've got and they've kept. Um, as you say, there'll probably be one or two more additions uh, coming down the line. But as long as they have a comfortable enough season, I think uh, Civil's main focus this time round is going to be off the field in terms of getting their floodlights in to keep the licence. Because at the end of the season, if they've not got floodlights, they're not staying in the league full stop. So um, what I suspect what they want is a continuity cam, kind of nice and safe season, mid-table, up to top half of the table would be uh, a result for them. And they can get things sorted behind the scenes where they can keep it keep it going. Cumbernauld Colts mentioned it uh, well a few weeks ago. Now we weren't sure about Stephen O'Neill resigning. He's uh, confirmed he's been resigned. It was obviously a massive boost. Lewis Bonner and Marty Wright coming in, added with uh, Daniel Fitzpatrick and uh, and Fraser's team. Obviously, they've, they've kind of strengthened in the in the sense. Obviously, bringing on uh, Jonathan Greer. At the, at the back, Michael McInespy is a, a defender that's came in from Stirling Uni also, so they're looking they're looking not bad, they did lose a few players, but really it's another case of the same team together, uh, or your your mate Greg, Derek, I was speaking to him yesterday, and just through DMs on, on Twitter, um, <laughs> and I think the general feel is that they're going to go you know, trying to get back to that that top six, again it's, um, it's going to be difficult, I think they're in a similar situation with uh, Strollers that it's going to be really difficult for them to do. Uh, but, you know, they've, they've got a team that knows this league inside out. But again, I feel at the moment we're, we're probably going... Uh, it's just because, obviously, the strength of the teams that we have. Uh, not everyone can be top half, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> but uh, but g- generally, um, I think the teams we've mentioned so far will probably be there or thereabouts, mid to top half, I would suspect. Yeah. Uh, again, they've kind of followed the BSC mantra of keep the squad together that you want to keep like that you've already invested in um, bit of continuity there and try and add on one or two good additions and I think I've done that successfully um, the thing that comes through with Colts every year the kind of challenge we put to them is are you going to fall away towards the end of the season because it's a regular occurrence now uh, in terms of form and in terms of results what they need is to have a, a campaign that not only starts well, but they maintain uh, their their form and their, uh, well, basically maintain their results because it's happened every single season pretty much that they've fell away as perhaps minds might drift to the summertime until all these. So we'll see if they can cross that bridge this coming campaign. If they can, again, there's no reason why they can't be in the top half of this league because they've been one of the most consistent teams over the last few years in the Lowland. Yeah, um, I'd I'd love to see them um, improve because it was obviously a bit of step back. Consistency was a big thing for them last year that they'll be, if, you know, if they can nip that in the bud, then they, they should have a much stronger season. Um, feel a bit more confident when I've seen the squad than I did when the news about Sean Brown leaving because the, the I think the team was a bit night and day when he was in um, last year, but they've added some good players, and you know they've got as much chance as, as everybody else. Um, but I, I think that that was a big loss for them. But outside of that, you know they have they've kept a lot of the you know the same players in that they had last season, and they've added a, a couple of good players, so they could have a good season. And they've 
their opening games. I think they've got they've got a couple of toughies. I think they play BSC and they play Gala away. Um, so they've got a couple of tough opening fixtures there. But if they can get some points in the back early doors, um, bit of consistency, I think. Um, yeah, they've got as much chance as anybody else to to be up there in the top half of the league next year. So we'll move on to Dalbiti Star. The biggest thing for me is uh, Richie Maxwell coming in as gaffer. He's he's added a lot of strength, and a lot of people I would suspect is probably going to be in the sort of bottom half. But we don't really get that. Uh, certainly, I've not seen maybe going on last season. Obviously, the uni teams tend to have you know bigger squads, but. We've not really seen a lot of the, the bottom sort of sides with the, the depth that Dalbeat Star have certainly starting the season out. Big massive thing is obviously Dean Brotherston in his back. He was the top scorer last season, having uh, left the club in, you know, a few months into the season. So that's that's brilliant. Um, from what I've heard he's uh, you know, the first few games he's he's got a really decent partnership with uh, Steve uh, Degnan that's came in. I've got a few guys from Queen of the South. I think the keeper, um, uh, Ryan Gibson, uh, came from uh, Queen of the South and there's there a few other boys. And obviously we know teams like Gretna seem to always seem to get the Queen of the South guys in. So it'd be interesting to to see uh, you know where, they, where they're going to sort of get them players if Dalbetes took them. But stronger team in sense of there's a lot of depth but is there a issue with having a bigger squad if guys are not playing uh, in the sense because most of the guys I spoke to last season uh, was guys that were playing but there there was some some people that you know you, you want to go out on a Saturday at this level and you want to get a game uh, is that a bit of a danger and and just overall is that squad uh, good enough to to not be where they are uh, basically last season I think there's always a danger with that but the flip side of that, the positive way of looking at it would be saying Delbiti have been known as having probably the smallest squad um, in the league in the last couple of years. And they've struggled because of that. So now they're finally in a position where they have a, a realistic bit of strength and depth there. And proof will be in the pudding because, I've said that twice now, but they've been towards the bottom of the table the last couple of years. If they get the the quality of the squad right. And it looks like they have bringing back Dean Brotherston and so on. Um, not forgetting they've kept on mainstays like Curtis Wilson as well. They might well find themselves up towards mid table rather than at the wrong end of the the the, the run of things. But there there will be a bit of natural attrition. There always is at this level anyway. One or two guys will move on. Um, so it will come down to being more of a kind of normal average squad size. I suspect as uh, the season progresses, but I think they've got enough there to go ahead and have a better time of things this time round. You know the two teams that finished at, at the footy table last year, them and, and Vale, both had the same issue with squad size, and the, you know those are the those are the teams that so far um, seem to have gone out and addressed that. So that should play in their favour. I, I believe that they'll still. You know, they're, they're still a team that I think their main aim will be to stay in the league. I don't think they'll they'll travel too far up the the table. But with a bigger squad and the fact that Dalby is just it's just such a tough place to go, we saw what they they can do with some you know good runny games, especially towards the end of last season when it really mattered when they wanted to secure their place. You know, they could string some good results together, and the squad seems to have got a bit stronger. So. Yeah, it's looking like it's shaping up to be a good season for for Dalby. 
Just on the note, I think it was seven, 17 re-signed, uh, 17 guys re-signed. I think it was 17 or something along those lines, which is massive uh, for, I think that's the most out of any club in the league. Maybe maybe Spartans are along the same lines, but you mentioned obviously natural attrition. I think this is the fourth time Dean Brotherston's been at Dalbeat. <laughs> <laughs> was us? So, yeah, and I'm sure he's still you know quite a young striker as well. So, uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. The other thing that we showed probably point out before we move on as well bear in mind this is a Dalbiti squad that finished last season very strongly mm-hmm. with some really really good results not against kind of um, any other teams it's big sides who were playing well against BSC Spartans and the like so that's a positive to take that they've kept all these boys on that finish so strongly and uh, another thing is we're obviously going into the opening fixtures you know, in later podcasts but I'm pretty sure they have Really, out the five fixtures, I think there's probably four teams that they're playing that we expect to be quite high up the league. So, yeah, the opening five fixtures of this season for them are uh, interesting, let's put it that way. <laughs> so, the Champions East Kilbride uh, still the team to beat for me. Uh, they've probably not got the depth for the likes of Shire and Kelty in terms of numbers. Uh, I, I was speaking to Malks, actually, um, on Twitter about this. I, I might have made a comment, um, you know, I reckon... They've maybe not got the strength and depth in, in midfield for me. I know Dean Cairns can can play there, but obviously Homer uh, and uh, Brady in centre mid. I think I would probably want a wee bit extra uh, just in case anything happens to them in terms of injuries or suspensions. Uh, Darren O'Dea, fantastic signing, probably one of the more high high profile signings in the league, probably in the existence of the loan league. I would suggest, but uh, they did lose Craig Howey to Clyde, and we knew how highly rated he was mm-hmm. but Dan Carmichael and uh, a name we know very well Rory Payton uh, coming in for me the most important thing was actually uh, the coaching team Jim Patterson coming in as assistant Dean Shanks the former gala manager coming in as a first team coach that's you know very impressive for, for this level uh, they've obviously got similar to Berwick they've got the Betfred Cup mm-hmm. this time Albion Rovers St Mirren Edinburgh City old rivals uh, Dunfermline yeah, they're up there. They're the very top. They've got the, a lot of players with a sort of winning mentality, a very, very strong side. Uh, for me, they've, they're, they're in amongst the favourites uh, this season. Um, any thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I think I think you're quite right. It's a team that did very well last season and they look to have got stronger. You're spot on with the, the point about the squad size. That, you know, when you just look at numbers-wise, it's not looking as strong as some of the other teams in the league. It's even looking like a small squad beside Dalbiti right now, um, but it's you know it's a of those small number of players. There's a lot of good players in there, um, and the additions they've made I think are only going to make them better for the season ahead. So yeah, the the league's going to be stronger next season, but East Kilbride are looking stronger as well. So they'll be the ones to beat. I think I'm not going to put them as my favourites. Unlike yourself, Chris, I don't think. I said in amongst, mate. In amongst <laughs> the favourites. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, covering my back on that one as well, pal. <laughs> I thought I had a chance with the fishing rod there, never mind. Um, aye, uh, obviously, reigning champs, they're the team to beat. And they've kept on the guys that I think most people would consider they had to keep on. Um, I was interested to see the likes of Jamie Longworth move on. I thought that was quite an interesting... Uh, move there because he's clearly still got the ability um, but I noticed there's a bit more of a youth movement into this squad which again is something I think when we went up to the, the game Sean uh, at Cove we remarked on that 
Kilby looked a wee bit old in that game. It was a younger, fitter, stronger team, um, just pace and power that over just overpowered them ultimately. But yeah, I think Rudy Payton could potentially be under the radar one of the best signings of the whole close season. Um, he's been at this level, he's proven himself, he's scored goals for fun at a team that arguably wouldn't have created as much for him. So I'd be very, very interested to see what his final goal tally looks like um, come the end of the campaign. I do think they need another couple of midfielders like yourself, Chris, as well. Yep. I'd expect that to be addressed, though, because Malk obviously is a guy that knows his stuff, shall we say, in that regard. He's, he's not going to leave any stone unturned in his like, determination to go ahead and well, essentially make up for what he sees as what he didn't do last year when we spoke to him and uh, get through the playoffs. He his his aim is to get this club promoted again. Um, it didn't quite happen for them last year, and he'll be doing everything in his power to give them the same chance this time round and go one better. So we'll move on to East Allenshire, uh, another team that's uh, in amongst the favourites, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> They've built a team there, I've got to say, um, message you guys uh, when they were signing all these players and I, I was like, had it in my head that they were a team to go out for the league title, I think. A lot of SPFL experience. Uh, they've signed, obviously, Evan Horn recently, uh, uh, Eddie Malone, uh, Jordan Tappan at the back. The, the whole team has just been, you know, uh, <laughs> basically brought together. You obviously mentioned the fact that they need to gel together Um Sean, uh, which is obvious uh, at this level, especially about pretty much a, a new team. Nicky Lowe, one of the, another high-profile signing. Jamie Dishington coming in from Spartans, who I believe the fee for him is going to be in six, at six figures from uh, what Spartans were saying. So, family <laughs> <laughs> can. Uh, Bobby Barr, Reese Peggy, uh, Mark Miller, who you mentioned uh, that you you was impressed. Uh, Pizzo, Matty Flynn, Ed Sport, and with the guys still there, you know, obviously Andy Rogers, Dale, uh, Jamie Barkley. A team, for me, uh, they've got to be considering amongst the favourites. I think the only thing, uh, Bill, obviously we spoke to Bill last season, the Shire chairman, he's going to give Dale time. I just hope, because the, the first opening fixture is obviously against BSC. Uh, they do have a few, I think East Coast Brider, no long after that. I really hope that the Dell gets time. And if they're not, I hope they don't fall away. Because we know how much, how important it is to, to basically get the wins on the board in this league. Because, you know, uh, a bad spell with five games can, can really have you um, basically making up for it. And Shire... The, obviously, they have a money factor this season. Uh, I don't think it's as transparent as it is in terms of... We don't really know in terms of um, if there's uh, conditions of that money, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, uh, I think that's fair to say. Do they do they have to get promoted? Is there more pressure because of the money factor? You know, if they're not doing well in, in like, say... You know, October or something. Play won't see a, a similar situation with Dell and Andy like we did uh, last season with Shire when when things weren't going well. But what are your guys' general thoughts on uh, Shire? Um, I was very impressed with them when I went uh, last weekend and saw the friendly away at uh, Blackburn. Um, it was a bit of a kind of shell lineup they had out though because of availability. Um, to the point, I don't think Dell's actually going to be intending to play this season properly, he'd rather be in the dugout. But he was putting himself about... He still got it, by the way. He could easily still be a first-team player in this league. But um, 
Yeah, as you kind of touched on there, I was really, really impressed with Mark Miller. I think he is going to get double figures this season in terms of goals. He's he's one of these players that it doesn't look like he's doing much when he's on the ball. He picks a simple pass, but he picks a right pass. The thing that really impressed me with him, though, is he's an old-school box-to-box midfielder that will arrive at the perfect time, and the ball always seems to make his way to him on the edge of the box or when he just ghosted in, um, unannounced, essentially. And uh, he's he's an all-action midfielder, very, very, very impressive, um, for my eyes, anyway. But up front, when you look at what they've got, Sean Brown, Peter McDonald, uh, Pizzo could easily still be playing League 2 football, in my opinion. Um, Matty Flynn, we had a chat before the pod about just how many goals he actually got last season, uh, kind of flying under the radar. They've got strength all over that squad now. And I, I do think there's more pressure on it because of money factor, like you mentioned, that there will naturally be an expectation of results from the investment. Um, I think Dell will get his time. I, I don't think they'll make a knee-jerk decision, especially after what happened last season. But, yeah, they, they won't want to get themselves in a hole that they need to come back out of too quickly. And it's a tough old start. Everyone's got a tough start because it's a tough league. But um, certainly as the squad's gelling together, they'll want to make sure that they get the three points week in, week out. And that'll make things a hell of a lot easier uh, going forward. No, absolutely. They're definitely going to be a, an interesting team to watch next year. They've done... You know, they've done the same thing as uh, Kelty and gone out and got some players from higher up the leagues, but they've also, you know, they've had to pick a, a good few players from the Lowland League that have got experience in this league um, and played not only in this league, but they've played to a high level in this league. Uh, Flynn, Brown, Dishington, they've all played some really good football last season and East Allenshire have gone around the league a little bit and picked up some of their, their players. That opening... Um, Fixture against BSC, I think, is a game that I think that's going to be really interesting for a, an opening fixture game because we're we're all talking about how we, you know, we're hopeful for most teams that they're going to improve, but obviously not everybody can improve. Um, that's going to be quite a telling game. I know it'll only be one weekend, but just to see how impactful preseason has been for um, Shire and and how much BSC are able to maintain what they had last year. Um, they're a very interesting team to watch and that fixture in particular is going to be a really interesting one to see. Is there an issue with their squad size? Are they, is it maybe like uh, such a big squad? I mean, I, I can't imagine guys like, say, you know, Bobby Barr uh, would appreciate not playing. I'm not saying he, he won't play, but like, you know, they have quite a, a big squad there. Uh, is it possible to keep all the boys happy? Oh, my point on that is I think... Um, you know, in the Holland League, there's a, a lot of games. There's a lot of cup games in there. Um, I think you probably, these bigger squad sizes, you probably see the teams going through that many players, like all the teams going through that many players across the, the course of the season. Um, a couple of these teams have just got in early, I think, and they've got big squad sizes. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to reduce the number of injuries that they have to suffer through through the season for playing for a, a smaller pool of players having to overwork them and it yeah, leading to injury. I think I think they'll benefit and I think the players um hopefully will be and should be grateful that they're not gonna get overused if you like. Um they'll get their opportunities to play at a high level but they're you know, they're they're gonna stay healthy for or they've got a bit of chance I think of staying healthy for the full season as well. So 
I think so. And obviously, at this level, you've got the extra ability to put guys out and loan any time you want, down the East of Scotland League, for example. Um, we've, we've seen that used uh, the last couple of years, and now the East of Scotland League stepped up in quality. Don't be surprised if there is an issue with any team with squad depth. If you see one or two guys beginning to go out and loan to the likes of um, the East of Scotland Premier, um, Whitehall Welfare, these kind of clubs, um, as, as time goes on. A bit of competition is is never a bad thing either. So, you know, these, these nobody in these bigger squads, are, you know, they're not safe. There's there's somebody at their heels looking to um, get that starting that starting place in the the first eleven the, the following week. And a bit bit of competition as long as it's it's healthy. There's nothing wrong with that. So the the teams could benefit definitely. Yeah, I like your point, Derek. But my, my worry with Shire is they have so many sort of high profile guys. I understand what you're saying, mate, um, and that's ultimately where Dell's challenge is going to be keeping everyone happy. I mean, uh, not obviously. I'm playing a wee bit of devil's advocate there, but um, obviously we're we're doing that with all the teams, I guess. So <laughs> it's only fair uh, the <laughs> criticisms and, and and potential issues, I guess. He just loves the controversy, folks. Not at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Edinburgh University obviously favourites for the league title. Um, <laughs> no, they're a com- they're a complete mystery. You know, uh, we don't have much on their squad, unfortunately. Um, they do most of their. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Edinburgh Uni do most of the recruiting uh, a bit later than the likes of Stirling Uni. Um, so I've been told. Um, uh, so we don't really have much to go with. We can only really base it off last season. They did pick out. Um, a few decent results, especially against bigger sides. I think they drew with Kelty early doors. They drew with Spartans early doors. They beat BSC, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, so they did pick up a few decent results against big teams. But my biggest concern for Edinburgh Uni is obviously that losing streak uh, towards last season. Had Whitehill not had the losing streak that they went through, I think that was probably the second biggest in terms of uh, not picking up any points. Uh, towards the end for Edinburgh Uni, for me, it's it's hard to say because obviously we don't know too much about their team, the guys they're bringing in. But I'm a, would be a wee bit concerned in terms of the in terms of other teams, the quality that they have uh, for Edinburgh Uni. I think they're probably going to be fighting off um, uh, relegation. Uh, we did kind of think that last year and they proved us wrong, so we might be wrong about that uh, <laughs> again. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? I think they've I think they've got a... I think any uni team, although I would say Sterling, I think seem to have a better set-up. Um, they, they, their ceiling's not as high as some of these other clubs because they are bound by, you know, a, a lot by term time when people go back um, home that are travelling up to uni. And as the league continues to get stronger, it's going to get more and more difficult for these uni uni teams to stay up in the league. Um, but in saying that, some of these um, games like that that drawaway um, Kelty that they had early on last last year was before uni had even began um, when they managed to pick up a couple of good um, points in the the league. So I'd I'd agree with with yourself. I I, I know very little about the team as well heading into the next next year but um or this year but they yeah i think they're, they're gonna struggle and when when you look at how they ended last year um the way that uh Dalbiti have moved forward it seems in the preseason, yeah you know they're gonna have to do something special um to to not be 
fighting off relegation this year. Yeah, I think this is a flip side of the league getting stronger every year. That for clubs like the university teams, it's always going to be harder year and year to establish themselves at this level and maintain their position. Um, they obviously can't just go out and add in anyone they want into their squad. They're very much reliant on um, the kind of pool they've got within the uni plus one or two extra um, players that generally will have some sort of connection. So it's going to get harder every year as as the standard improves. Uh, the thing with Edinburgh um, is they've not had the same attrition that Stirling Uni have had this year. They've not lost any other players to SPFL clubs. So, like, you look at Sterling and Chris Geddes, they've lost um, four starters. Edinburgh Uni haven't, as far as I can tell. So, if they have kept a hold of likes Abdul Yusuf, who's proven himself at this level, Quivalainen as well, um, they're, they're likely going to be in a relegation battle, but they'll have every chance of staying up. Um, it's so dependent on the quality they've got within the Uni, though, for Edinburgh. So we'll we'll see how it kind of all plays out, and I think Mark Tate's finished as well now, isn't he? So um, they might be relying on a an experienced goalkeeper, which would be interesting to see how that plays out as well. Well, on to the team that I called consistently inconsistent last season, Edisport <laughs> uh, Academy. They have lost a lot of their, you know, the Jordan Alexanders away, uh, Phil Cove, guys like that. They've, they've, I think Jean-Guy Lucas is the only sort of uh, French guy that I noticed. Yeah, the Sport Academy, uh, I've, I've probably been a wee bit harsh on them, I think. <laughs> but I do expect uh, them to be a wee bit better, given the fact they have probably the best facilities, the best coaching. Uh, they have brought in a lot of SPFL experience in terms of this season, uh, especially last season as well. I probably expect them to be uh, fighting, you know, maybe not for the title, but certainly up there. And obviously they they, they were kind of just hit and miss last season. They brought in uh, Davey Winters and uh, Ross McNeil. Obviously we know uh, BSC and, uh, what was it, BSC and... Uh, and uh, he's called Bride. Neil McLaughlin's came in from Stirling. They've brought other guys with uh, SPFL experience. They've got a new home, obviously, in Alliance Park, and they uh, are doing season tickets for £25. Uh, I believe they came up with that first. I think BSC copied them, was the accusation. But <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know about Eddie Sport. I mean, as I say, I was kind of disappointed in them last season. Again, I don't want to use too harsh words, but their team last season, the guys they had... Uh, uh, you know, they didn't really impress kind of disappointed when I did see them uh, there's a few guys that are obviously decent players but for whatever reason it just didn't gel they had a lot of attrition uh, here and there as well that I noticed guys coming in guys coming out uh, especially towards the end of the season um, but yeah they did have you know Jordan Alexander who who's now away uh, Pullman Bassey, the keeper, was was a really good uh, goalkeeper as well. He, he's away, so they have lost a lot of the sort of academy ele- element of their team, if you will. Um, I'm assuming they'll, they'll obviously get more guys in, but it looks like they're going more SPFL experience in terms of their, their Lowland League team. I would imagine uh, a lot of academy guys would now be in their South of Scotland team, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I think, I think what... Um they've set up to do this season quite interesting because they've totally changed their ethos and we touched on it at points last season that they were beginning to change their approach but I think Chris has clearly had a look at it and thought 
we're not going to get promoted just by academy boys. We need a kind of Scottish spine, an experienced core to the team. And they're very much gone and done that now. Um, the South of Scotland team being formed tells me that that's where most of the top academy players will be and potentially stepping up to support the first team as and when needed, which is is interesting. If that works out for them, it, it's an inspired move. Um, but the concern I've got when I look at their squad just now is up front, there's not too much pace for what I can tell. Davy Winters, I'm sure he'll freely admit he's not the, the spring chicken he once was. He's a great experienced professional, but he's a, he's not got the, the kind of quickest turn of pace. And he, he was kind of more featuring as a backup for BSC towards the end of the year. Ross McNeil's a great striker, but he's not the quickest as well. So I think they do need somebody just to take the top off of your defence. But other than that, there's quality through that squad. And... Yeah, um, they seem to have been doing alright in pre-season as well. I've noticed uh, Dom Slathry's got a couple of really good reviews thus far. Um, obviously, John Guy Lucas is proven quality at this level. Uh, Ali's El Zabadi's a great centre-half. Davies Sinclair there as well. So they've got plenty of guys in there that can, can influence a game for the better. But yeah, I suspect they'll probably need something a wee bit extra going forward. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you both. Um, I think it's um, it's going to be another one to to keep an eye on as the season kicks off and see how they fare because they have they've made a lot of change this year. Um, both with the South of Scotland squad, um, definitely trying to uh, add a lot of experience into their Lowland League squad, and obviously their their moving stadium as well um, is going to be a big thing a big thing for them this season, but. Yeah, mid table sort of where I expect them to be, but they've certainly got some ambition. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do push up a little bit. And if they don't do this season, I think their, you know, their ambition certainly growing, and they'll be looking to do that over the next couple of years. The other thing is, if we get to January and they're in, we're a chance of the league. Expect them to make quality additions in January as well. Yeah, as I say, I don't want to sound harsh. I'd be too harsh on them, but uh, yeah, I think I was last season, so I can only apologise to any Edisport fans uh, listening in. But uh, but they they do have, in terms of this level, they do pretty much have the. I think it's fair to say they have the best everything. I mean, the, the even the guys that they they bring into, you know, if Stephen Cragen was you know training some of the younger guys and. Uh, last season, you guys that the the links they have there in terms of their coaches as well, vast experience compared to some teams in this league. So yeah, definitely. I do, I do, I do expect them to do better, and hopefully they will this season. Hopefully they'll they'll not give me too much to to criticise them for. <laughs> so moving on to another team that I was probably had a lot to say about towards the end of last season, or certainly the last few weeks or the last few months, if you will. Galafiradin Rovers, uh, Danny. Galbraith, a fantastic signing. Local lad, obviously from Gala Shields, uh, former Hibs. Really, really good uh, good midfielder, good player. They didn't really announce too much. Uh, I'd heard through the grapevine about a few of them. Uh, but Lewis Grant from uh, Bora, defence. Uh, Alex Chingwalus, Ching, who we both know, Sean from uh, Kelty's under-20s, has signed. He's obviously a really decent you know, full-back uh, 
David Bonner, who I rated at Vale last season, he obviously went out of football for a wee bit. He's back with Galaferadin, uh, and they've obviously picked up a few other um, Vale Vale boys. You know, Craig McBride, uh, Mark Berry, and obviously we've got the likes of uh, Charlie Green, the young guys, and uh, uh, signing on again, and Ben Ben Hardman uh, back on uh, back in the team uh, after being on loan to Coldstream last season. I just don't think Gala are going to be as good as they were last season in terms of where they're going to end up in the league. I think they'll be, hate to say it, because I really like Gala, um, believe it or not, even though I've been critical of, uh, obviously, Zach and Dean Shanks and stuff, uh, but they're going to be bottom half. I don't think they're going to push top eight this season, uh, but again, wait, it's, it's, they've still got a lot of business to do, I would, I would suspect. Yeah, the way the way they've gone about it, I think you can, you can sort of tell that I think even they'll be expecting a little bit of a step back this season. Last year was was a very good season for them. I think finishing eighth, I think it was one of their strongest finishes. Um, they've gone out and they've made a few a few changes, not as um, blockbuster as a few other teams, but they they certainly you know they've gone out there. They've still been active, um, but I I don't I, I think they are you know it's a little bit of rebuilding the way that they've they've made changes all throughout the the team not just the squad um yeah I, I would expect them to fall back a little bit steer clear of the relegation spots i think i don't think they'll be they'll be in a battle to stay in the league but yeah i think they'll be in the bottom half as well if we'd had this chat a couple of weeks ago i think i'd have been a lot more worried about their prospects but now they've actually started to confirm their squad uh, it doesn't look as bad as i initially feared for Gala. Um they've managed to keep guys like Scott Taylor McKenzie, like Phil Addison, who are proven performers at this level. They've added in, as you say, uh, Chingy Kelty, who's a well-known um, under-20s player who's ready to step up, I think. Um, so, I think the squad they've announced so far, they've still got more to do. I still think they should have enough to steer clear of relegation. But I agree with the two of you that I think they will take a step back and they'll be lower half. Like purely based on their squad isn't as strong as it was last season, for what I can tell. Um, despite a couple of good additions and all the other teams haven't exactly stayed still, they've kept kept moving and improving. So yeah, I'd I'd expect them to still have enough to stay in the league, but it's going to be a tougher campaign, I think. Yeah, we we talked about it. Uh, obviously last season but you know they they done well to even get eighth considering the injury crisis uh, Dean and uh, the boys had to put up with towards the end of the season and it's a, it's a weird one really because you look at that team and think yeah it's a, a decent enough team but I, I just for whatever reason I just don't think they're they're going to uh, improve in terms of uh, league position this season uh, but again <laughs> it's uh, not played on paper and certainly they've got more uh, announcements coming up yeah absolutely uh, Grenna 2008, Chris Humphreys' first job as a, a manager. They've not really announced too much. Uh, Odin Damar and uh, Darren Addison have only been the, the announcements really so far. I think they've got a lot of trialists playing for them, obviously. Uh, their base squad there, obviously, they have lost a lot of uh, a lot of guys, but I would say that the base has been kept. You know, guys like Daniel Smales, uh, Kevin Connolly, um, uh, Jake Smith, and um, guys like that, but. Uh, from what I gathered, obviously I mentioned, I kind of touched on it earlier, uh, they had been recruiting last season from uh, Queen of the South, and it looks like 
Uh, some other clubs, including, well, most notably Dalbiti, have been recruiting there. So I really don't know what type of players or where they're looking at uh, for Gretna at the moment. They, I, I kind of, I'm kind of a wee bit concerned about them actually. I mean, we we uh, mentioned it last season in terms of their discipline. Sometimes Mozart can be a wee bit out of hand. Uh, they have kept a few of the guys that have uh, no, uh, notably have them issues. Uh, uh, I think they've only got 13 guys in their squad at the moment. I would expect some more signings, but again, I, I reckon they're probably going to be bottom half for me uh, as it stands. I don't know if it's going to be as bad as you know down down the very bottom, but certainly uh, uh, bottom half. I would I would suspect at the moment. Yeah, it's a. I think Grant is the hardest team to uh, predict, with the exception of Edinburgh uh, Uni, because they've been very quiet about what they're doing just now. Which they they don't they don't tend to put too much out there on social media and so on anyway. But uh, I think Chris is just getting about his business quietly and um, kind of toiling away behind the scenes trying to build a squad up. Uh, one of the interesting things I've noticed is how he's actually taking the preseason with him. Um, they've been doing like officer training and all sorts as part of it with the army. So um, obviously a few different ideas coming in talking about discipline <laughs> that might help. But yeah. Um, Dean Demar looks like a really decent addition, um, and based not purely on clips that I've seen of him, I've not actually seen him in the flesh. But he seems a very composed defender that could probably play midfield as well, um, comfortable on the ball, and he's obviously got international experience amongst other things. Um, they tend to look around about the North England for their additions, like um, kind of Carlisle, Penrith, these kind of teams. Uh, Historically, they've always added a few guys for Penrith. They've not done so yet this time round, which is interesting. So, yeah, it's it's a tough one to kind of gauge and, and predict. They've, they've still got Kevin Connolly, which is a big, big plus for them. A man who, you, you just know he's going to put the ball in the back of the net. And he's a, he's a great presence to have in the team as well. A great experience there. But I think it'll be a much younger squad than they've had in the last few years. I, th- I suspect Chris will have links for loanies coming in as well. Yeah, yeah um, I was going to ask you that. The friendly they played against Motherwell, there was a lot of kind of positive reports about how the young players played, and they put a lot of trialists and a lot of youth guys in the second half and kind of collapsed after that. But um, the initial expectations and the initial um, kind of feedback from it was that they were quite impressive and they were competing against the strong Motherwell side the first half. So I'm not going to put them in the relegation battle just yet but a lot depends on who actually gets signed up in the next week or two yeah it's going to be an interesting an interesting season their squad does look a, a little bit sparse at the moment um, but I think all these teams that are sort of hovering down that sort of borders area um, they're always going to struggle with, with recruitment how um, Chris does as a, a manager I think is going to play a, a big part a part in their season because he he was obviously the big name that moved down there and took over, um, took over the team for this season. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of unknowns going on at the moment with Gretna, but they're definitely going to have a. It's going to be a tough ask for them to to stay away from that relegation battle. I think Kelly Hearts, obviously, another team that I would expect to compete at the very top. Uh, they lost a bit of the old guard, obviously. Well, Gary Layton uh, recently has left of work commitments. Uh, Scott Dial left last season. Uh, I'm not actually sure what's happening with Scott if, if he's if he's 
playing still or uh, you know Sean Gregg skips uh, moved on with, with Murray Carstairs uh, Muzz taking up the captain's armband for the season uh, you know they've got an incredible depth I would, I would just you know the players that have They've signed, you know, Nathan Austin, Dylan Easton, Thomas Riley, uh, Scott Linton. You know, we could we've mentioned it before, obviously, but I think more people are focused on Barry Ferguson in terms of the manager, uh, seeing what he's going to do. Because obviously, again, I think it's a wee bit unfair uh, for him. Uh, a lot of people look back on his days at Clyde and with Dylan Easton, and uh, he was obviously the playmaker at Clyde, and then he got injured, and it, I think that's a knock on Barry that sometimes he lacks a bit of a plan B. But I think it's based on previous management times, uh, you know. Um, but I think I, it's probably a, a negative knock on him. But he's also got a lot of depth in that squad. Uh, we saw a wee bit towards the end of last season where I think Kelly did struggle a wee bit. I think for Barry this season, uh, he's got the depth there that you know. I think there will be definitely be a plan B and uh, enough strength and whatnot to go out and complete the top. But yeah, I, I, yeah, we, we've mentioned it a lot. Obviously, uh, that we have to, you know, kind of say our opinion on the issue of uh, Barry Ferguson because there are people that, you know, knock him. I don't know whether that's uh, because of Clyde or just the fact that it's uh, Barry Ferguson. But for me, obviously, Kelly Hart's, uh, you know, amongst the favourites for the title. Yeah, I would, I would uh, say, you know, you look at their squad and there's a, a lot of strength. Um, not just from the, the players they've brought up for up the leagues, but the likes of Keir McCauley making the step up, and Ross Much is some they've had some, you know, really good players come up from their sort of development teams. They've kept a lot of the strong players like Murray Errol, um that they had last season. It's a shame to see a few people go, but do you know what? You know, in order for them to to make that step up, it, it was always going to happen. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue with. With Kelty, I don't think anybody will be able to argue with um, Kelty for competing this season. Their their team looks extremely strong, and uh, well, same as a few, I suppose it's it's hard to really add anything to be honest. I think on paper they have the best squad in the league, as things are. So that's the first distinction there. So you mentioned there about the knock on Barry and um, from previous experience. This is a make-or-break season, yep. in my opinion. And that if he can't do it with this squad, he's never going to do it. Um, and if he can't do it at a low league level, then I suspect it might be done for him as a gaffer, let's be honest. Um, because it'd be tough for a guy of his stature to go any kind of lower in terms of the the ladder. And a lot of people were surprised initially when he went to Kelty. But when you speak to Ian, and we had a chat with him last year, this was always kind of the plan for the club, in that Last season was consolidation year, get things ready, get things um, sorted, compete in the league, get used to it, and this was the year they were pushing for promotion. And, well, their business shows you exactly what they intend to do, doesn't it? Nathan Austin, all things considered, should score an absolute barrel load in this league. Dylan Easton should be creating chances for fun. He's also got a decent set piece on him as well, which will really help. Um, but it's not just the additions that have caught the headlines they've picked up Ross Jarden who's a brilliant young keeper and um, it looks like he's going to be a backup but he's one for the future that easily could be playing in the higher levels in the SPFL uh, Sean McCurdy who was a great player um, for Selkirk and Gala uh, in this league will ha- also have a really good influence there 
Um, Sean mentioned Errol and so on. And Gary Chen, I think, is the most under-the-radar signing they've made. Because he's probably the classiest defender in this league. Um, looking back at last season, he's just he just does his class, doesn't he? He's brilliant, brilliant defender. So, Kelty's my pick for the favourites at this point. I think that's not taking too much a stretch <laughs> to say that. But a lot will come down to how this squad gels together. Um, as with any other squad, like we've talked about Shire and so on, with the new faces. Um, but yeah, if they start the season by dropping points, expect the pressure to ramp up on Barry as well. So they really need to have a good solid start um, to well get moving, basically. Yep. Uh, another guy where I think it's fair to mention, uh, Ross Philp, uh, who missed most of last season for injury, he got injured quite early doors. That's like a new signing for them as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm I'm surprised at you, Derek, calling the Kelty Hearts favourites. I mean, <laughs> you know, for me it's between you know I think three teams in my mind. But uh, just just a quick question before we move on: um, Would it be seen as a failure if Barry maybe got second or third if he didn't basically win the title? Considering how strong the likes of East Kilbride, East are? Sure. I'd say so. I think it. I think it would be considered a failure. Maybe, um, kind of behind the scenes of Kelty. I'm not sure if this would be the the way they'd approach it. But as someone who's kind of neutral to to the club, because um, obviously I've got my my preference with BSC and so on. But purely looking for the outside with the additions they've made, anything less than winning this league will be a failure in my opinion. Um, they've clearly invested to go ahead and win the league. So have Shire. But I just think overall Kelty have got the edge and the quality there. And it's because of guys like Dylan Easton and Nathan Austin um, that realistically should be playing at a higher level and pure ability uh, kind of measure. So I, I, I would consider it a failure if Kelty didn't win the league. Yeah, I'd, to, yeah to be fair, I think, I think I would agree because looking at that strength of squad, it's going to be... It's gonna be how how the team's managed. Um, whether they can, you know, they're gonna lose games. Um, they're gonna come up in in games that are gonna be a bit tougher. And how they react and how the the team bounces back, how Barry reacts is is gonna be, you know, that could sway either way. Um, so uh, yeah, ultimately, I think uh, winning the league is what they've set out to do, and and anything less would be would be a failure. These guys haven't joined Celtic to finish second. Put it that way. No, no, no. I agree, mate. I'm just, I don't know. Maybe people think I'm a harsh guy. I just think if you're up against, uh, so see when Kelly were announcing all these guys, like that was before. I think it was, you know, before East Kilbride and and Shire were strengthening too. So I think, yeah, you know, when I spoke to Barry, obviously uh, early doors, um, you know, he, that is the aim to obviously go out and win the title, but. I think it's circumstantial. It depends, you know, if they, if they lose out in the league by a point, then, you know, I think it depends on circumstances for me, like I would, I would say. Of course, it depends on uh, all sorts of factors as well, but I think the, the kind of clincher would be if you spoke to Ian and you said, would you consider it a failure not winning the league? I suspect that he's putting everything behind winning this this title. Um, and I suspect he wouldn't see us as a success coming second. Fair enough. Spartans, there's been a lot of talk about Spartans. Do they want to get promoted? Are they considered? I think that's incredibly harsh. Uh, uh, Dean Hoskins and uh, Aaron coming in from uh, Bonnie Rig. 
Uh, Dale Baxter of, uh, from Gallifreydean and uh, Michael Bolo, who's obviously very experienced, uh, former Shire and uh, SBFL and, and whatever else. But looking at the, the team, they have lost their captain, Mikey Heard. They obviously uh, lost uh, Gary Chen. I think David, David Greenhill was away as well. The under-20s, um, we know how good they were, Sean. We, we saw them. Uh, Nicky Reid, uh, who I keep praising, this teenager, he's six, I think he's either 16 or 17. I don't know if he had a birthday recently, but uh, Murray, Murray Hand, Cameron Dawson, they've got a really good balance of uh, experienced guys at this level, you know, guys like Jack Smith and um, obviously Adam Corbett. I think they're going to be right up there. Whether they're not, they're going to be in amongst the title sort of challengers, I think, I'm not sure. I think the main a- asset, and I've always believed this, is certainly from what I've saw, because I did see a, a fair bit of Spartans last season. The main asset there is their manager. You know, Dougie Samuel. I think I credit him as being the most, I guess, uh, tactical-minded manager. He seems to know what to do during games. Uh, from what I've seen, anyway, he changes things up and uh, he gets seems to get results. And certainly when we weren't even talking about Spartans in terms of even top four last season, they came out of nowhere and went on a bit of a run. And uh, if they can start start off this season, I think they'll prove a lot of doubters wrong uh, in terms of them any talk of them falling away in the Lowland League, you know. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? Bear in mind, at the start of last season, Dougie wasn't there because his health problems. Um, and it really affected them in the early running. Um I suspect what the way they finish the season will be more like what you'd see out of the, the start of this campaign. Um, the Gaffers had a full pre-season again with the guys. It's very much a similar squad. They've made a couple of really good additions. Again, it's a bit under the radar with the, the kind of more headline-grabbing Kelty and, and these Stirlingshire moves. I'd, I'd be astounded if Spartans weren't challenging again this year. Absolutely astounded by it because... But we had that chat about Dougie um, in terms of his tactical intelligence. That especially the game at East Kilbride, they played in several times during the half. You would see him making little switches to take advantage of things that were coming up as the game developed. And he's he's a step ahead of, of loads of, of guys at this level. He's a very very methodical gaffer. And, he's basically like having a 20 goal a season striker I'd argue <laughs> yep. because he's, he, he just he makes that team better and they're not one of these sides that go out with the same formation and the same style every week he'll change his players up he'll change his formation up to suit the opponents and it gives Spartans an edge so yeah I'd, I'd expect him at very very least be kind of top 6 um, it'll be a tough ask for them to be right up there at the end of the season with the quality of some other squads but they've got a proven striker in Jack Smith who's going to stick the ball in the net any chance he gets uh, they've got guys like Dale Bax on the midfield who's going to continually create things and um, they've got great experience through that team as well, it's a good balance between youth and experience and the cat they've got arguably the best keeper in the league in Blair Carswell so defensively they are absolutely solid and if they rediscover that form a couple of years ago where they were just grinding out one goal ones, who knows? Yeah, no, I think they've got um I think they have got a really good team. I sort of I would sort of put them in that sort of second tier of teams after, you know, your you know, Shire, Kelty, 
East Kilbride, and I don't think you can rule BSC out. Those are the four that I can see battling out at the top. And then you do have your Bonnie Riggs, Seville, and I think Spartans kind of fall into that tier of teams. The losses are, you know, Chen, Dish, Hard, like they've lost some big names this year. Um, I think Doogie deserves a lot of credit for what he's able to do, but, you know, as far as that continuity goes, like those are some big names for them to lose. Um, and I think that's going to be a knock on them taking another step up this season. I think they'll they'll sort of be finishing in that second tier of teams. I think. Interesting. Now, I think got guys who obviously I've mentioned a few of them, like you know Nicky Reid, but you know their skipper last season, Michael Allen's coming in. I think he was ready for first team football, and it's guys just under twenties coming in. It was guys that they rest last season. We saw Nicky Reid play. We saw you know Joe Tate play. We saw Murray Hand and Cameron Dawson get games. So it's not like they're. You know, they're, it's not like they're inexperienced, you know, boys at this level as well. They they did get their chance and they done fairly well towards the end of the season. So, I don't know. I just I wouldn't write off Spartans like uh, I've I've seen some people do this season. But you never know. You never know. I guess. <laughs> I don't know if I've actually mentioned them. Uh, forgive me if I've missed it for the two years. I think the big loss is McDonald up front because he was such a classy striker and not only was a big strong target man, he had pace and he had power and a great strike on him um, I think he was really underrated so I think um, they are looking a wee bit light um, up front now without him there there's not really a big strong presence I don't think ah, I would disagree with that uh, I, I really like Stephen McDonald I rated him he, I think he was their top scorer actually last season obviously J- Jack Smith had injuries and stuff and he wasn't getting the game time I think he probably would have deserved obviously that was Doogie's call Aaron, Aaron Murrell, he certainly gets goals, so I think it uh, takes the pressure off Jack Smith. I think he's more than capable replacement for Stephen McDonald, and, and, I, and you know I certainly rate Stephen McDonald. No, um, I, I agree with you in terms of the, the quality. It's more the fact that I don't see them having a big, strong target man type of player up there. Um, so I'm, I'm more meaning physically rather than quality, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. Uh, well... Cameron Dawson's quite big. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't pick a fight with Cammy, but I was waiting for you to call it Nicky Reedus, the big target man there. <laughs> anyway, swiftly moving on. Uh, still in university. Um, a bigger squad this year, a lot of the under 20s moved up. Uh, somewhat of a transition period, obviously losing a lot of big names, into, you know, um, Lewis Hunter, uh, Blair Lyons, uh, guys, guys of that calibre. Uh, a few of them obviously went to SPFL and then others obviously moved to uh, other lowland league teams but I think they can push I mean we've, there was guys certainly that impressed me last season uh, Matty Burrows who I think we both were impressed when we see them against the Strollers Angus Mailers now the, the captain Kieran Hall who was a bit of a miss for them I, I'm not sure what happened with him towards the end I think he might have been injured or he might have just you know been away or something but uh, Ben Quigley who was on loan at BSC Glasgow uh, has came in James Berry, who uh, was at Rafe, a youth at Rafe. J- Jason Jarvis, a, a youth at Falkirk. And Lewis Kennedy of Alawa. And I think Jack Adamson, who was formerly of Rangers. So they brought in players with certainly youth experience at the SPFL level. I hope they push. I mean, I really like Stolen Uni. Um, I certainly was impressed with, with, with them last season, especially the guys that might have left. But certainly, I hope they push. I just think... Uh, they've got a bigger squad there and I think they, they, they can push I don't know if it'll be sort of top half because we've mentioned I think every team they've mentioned is practically top half apart from maybe one or two but uh, <laughs> um, 
yeah, I really hope they do well. Uh, the cup runs that they went on might have affected the league position. Obviously, uh, Sean, you, you mentioned in a, a previous podcast about their their ability on the uh, taking penalties, but certainly, uh, from what I've seen, a, an impressive squad that I would suspect with the, with the depth and whatnot to to hopefully do a, a wee bit better than last season. Yeah, I think um, I don't know if it's better marketing that. Um, the University of Stirling does versus Edinburgh, but you certainly see a lot, a lot more from them. You know they're playing across multiple leagues, so even when you know players are moving on when they finish their they're finished with university, I think they've just got so much going on there that they're able to. They're allowed, they seem to be able to pick out a lot of different, um, a lot of different teams to put together a, a pretty strong team and. I feel like they've just got they're one step ahead with this kind of thing and I, I, I'd i agree um, we're splitting the, the league I think we're calling the top half of the league the top 10 and the bottom half the bottom 6 but even then I think they're going to struggle in to get into the, the sort of top half of the league but I, I don't think we'll see them right at the bottom I think they'll, they'll have quite a, a comfortable buffer between them and, and the foot of the table do you know, I'm really struggling with Sterling. I just don't know where to put them. Um, because on the one hand, I've lost four very, very good players uh, to the higher levels. But they've also added some interesting players, Adamson especially. So I, I genuinely can't call it. It wouldn't surprise me if they were able to kind of hit the ground running and establish themselves mid-table. It also wouldn't necessarily surprise me if they found themselves in a wee bit of bother towards the bottom of the league. So it's, I genuinely don't know what to expect for them. Uh, we do know Chris is absolutely capable as a gaffer on bringing a squad together. He's uh, he's done it a couple of times now that he's uh, he's stitched together a, a brand new squad, having lost some good players every year. But who knows? <laughs> it's my uh, kind of cop out answer for this one. Yep, uh, fair enough. I mean, I think we obviously may, kind of make it clear. It's just our, our opinion now because we obviously don't know the the full extent of the squads uh, just yet. So it'd be fair to uh, unfair to predict where they're gonna uh, be with their with their business not done. I guess they're leaving. Uh, still a relatively small squad. Uh, I did make a comment, obviously about Ando uh, might be in the, the in the in between the sticks again this season, but. They're they're obviously looking to to get a few more signings. You know, watch this space type thing is what they said. The guys from the Spartans under twenties, Callum O'Neill, who was on loan uh, for a wee wee bit last season, and Lewis Hall, who I was really impressed with. Tommy Patterson's probably one of the the uh, the better signings in terms of him coming in from Gala, and uh, Paul Thompson, uh, another one that's I would say has went under the radar. Uh, very experienced at this level. Pretty sure he was at Spartans if I remember correctly a, a few years ago. Um, absolutely, and I think one of the bigger ones is uh, Liam I- I- Ireland re-signing. I really liked uh, Liam in terms of uh, season. I think he was, you know, he done really well for them. Um, is there a bit of a worry in terms of the younger guys? They they seem to have a bit of a kind of even spread of experience and and obviously younger talent. But my worry would be the likes of Callum O'Neill and Lewis Hall coming from teams, uh, coming from a team like Spartans under-20s who are probably, again, used to winning, uh, doing well to a team that's probably not necessarily going to win, you know, uh, every game, to, to say the least. Uh, is that a, a concern just on that front? Or guys like Jer Rossi, would, would he be obviously speaking to younger guys and, and getting them, you know, on board and make sure they didn't get, you know, frustrated and whatnot? 
I don't think it is a concern necessarily. Um, I actually think it they've done a, a good job with the balance of the squad they've put together, um, just on paper. Obviously, we'll need to wait and see how it plays out in practice, but I, I think they're going into this, this season with a, a stronger team on the, on the park. Um, as you say, hopefully Ando's not between the sticks again, for his sake. Um, and the fact that we didn't even realise that when we covered that game was uh, something else as well. But, yeah, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't put Vale in the top half. Um, I think they'd be quite happy being mid to lower end as long as they avoid the relegation side of things. And I think, just purely based on what they've got there, they've got enough to do that. Um, a lot will depend on injuries and so on, because as you say, it's not the biggest uh, squad that they tend to have. But yeah, I, I think Ando probably go into this campaign quite positive. Uh, that they'll they'll have a good time, I think. Yeah, I think squad size let them down a little bit. Um, last season there was a couple. Uh, I've got, as you know, a bit of a soft spot for Vale and going and seeing going and seeing them a couple of times last season. Um, you know they struggled with squad size, not having enough players on the the bench, and they still, you know, they still managed to to avoid it by a couple of places. They didn't have the strongest finish um, last year, and then you look at the team that they've got this year. And it seems to have got stronger. If they can get some trialists and bulk up their numbers a little bit, you know, I'd I'd hope that they're going to they're going to be safe this season. But yeah, it'll be bottom half, bottom half for them. So that's pretty much our review of the uh, sixteen teams of the league, guys. Uh, we'll go on to next week's fixtures. We do have competitive fixtures. Uh, the start of the Betfred Cup for Berwick Rangers and East Kilbride. Berwick Rangers are playing Air United. And uh, East Kilbride are playing Albion Rovers. Any thoughts on them games? I mean, it's. Um, I think for me, both of them. Uh, I think East Kilbride might have a chance uh, against Albion. I'm not 100% sure uh, how how Albion have sort of developed, but certainly uh, given last season, I think East Kilbride it could be an interesting test for them in terms of uh, up against the League Two side, and obviously Berwick Rangers. Uh, uh, interesting against Air United. Uh, any thoughts on them two games, guys? I think the East Kilbride one. I think it's still going to be a tough, a tough ask for them to to go away and and take points in these games. But we've saw it the last few years with the Betfred Cup that you know the the teams representing the League have been able to go out and steal a few. And if it was a game that you'd you know see East Kilbride potentially doing that, it would be this one. Um, the Berwick Rangers one. I, I can't see them overcoming Air United, unfortunately. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see because the last uh, the last few years they, they've not um, they've not been getting gubbed every week. Let's say they've the Lone League teams have have done quite well in these competitions. So let's hope it's good for them. Yeah, they they beat Stenny last year, didn't they, Kilby, uh, in the Betfred at Stenny as well, um, which was an interesting result. But I think. Even if uh, neither of the, the lone sides pulls off a win there, I think the Betfred is great preparation for the season because you're getting four really competitive games um, against top-class opposition. And what better way to get ready and tuned up for the, the league getting started? So it, it'll be a great yardstick for Kelby to see where they are. Um, Albion Rovers have improved, I think, from the team... Uh, that was there last season. Um, they were another one of these teams that hit the ground running at the end and put a great run of form together. So 
you'd expect him to be kind of mid-table in that league, and that's ultimately level Kilby want to be. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm with Sean on the air game. Um, Berwick, at the moment, will just be wanting to get the squad together and tuned up. I don't think they'll be that bothered about um, the results, ultimately, in the, the bet, Fred. It'll be more about getting money in the coffers and getting prepared for the season. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, obviously, both of them games are next Saturday, the 13th. Uh, Shieldfield Park and K Park, both home games for uh, the two clubs there. So we'll get into plugs. Uh, I'll obviously let you go, Moza, uh, <laughs> since uh, it's a bit of a tradition that you go first on plugs, mate. <laughs> um, obviously, you can turn off after this, folks. Um, at Moza plays on Twitter and everywhere else, basically. <laughs> hey, you can find myself at Spend Sean on Twitter and also on Facebook at The Lonely Catch-Up. Uh, at Rampant FM on Twitter and obviously you can get uh, the official catch-up at official catch-up on Twitter. We've actually got over um, a thousand followers now, guys. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Um, I, I never really announced too much, but I'm hoping to maybe uh, put something together for that uh, in the next few weeks. I'm going to... Oh, I say in the next few weeks. Uh, in the next week or so, so keep an eye out. We do have a website coming as well uh, before the, the season kicks off as well, so a lot to look forward to. Obviously, we're, we're not. I'm not 100% sure what's going to be happening in terms of... Um, uh, before the season starts, but certainly uh, during the season we'll, we'll ramp up our coverage in terms of player interviews and hopefully uh, speak to a few of the gaffers and whatnot, like like we did last season. Uh, but we obviously appreciate everyone's support from the players to the managers to the to the, just the clubs in general and uh, obviously the uh, George Fraser in the league. Uh, until next time, we'll see you soon. See you.